Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, nurses. This is Wacko from Animaniacs, and you're listening to The Riley and Kimmy Show. You know why? Because you're smart. See you later. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this Tuesday episode of The Riley and Kimmy Show. It's podcast number 1,366. If you're listening the day it is uploaded, it's September 12th. Right next to me is... Shannon, I got one name. Get it. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy... Three very sane spectators. That's right, sane ones all around me. That's right, two fur kids sleeping on their fur bed here in the studio. And to my left is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. And how are things going for you on this Tuesday? Okay. Yeah, very early before the hour of sunrise, we're recording this episode. So if things couldn't be that bad, right? Not at this hour. Right. All right. And by the way, thank you for checking out the Riley and Kimmy show. We're here to offer you a chance to get away from everything. That's what we do every single day. We have brand new episodes. We are a variety talk show that focuses on the world of nerdum, pop culture, things of yesteryear and today. Tell your friends you found a place that's unique, often imitated but never duplicated. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. We have archived episodes available on our website. Also, social media links so you can follow us like on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and others. And we also have a contact page available where you can well, contact us if you have an upcoming event you would like us to be part of or to promote. Feel free to check out those things. They're available on our website. What is our web address, Kimmy? Rileyandkimmy.com. Rileyandkimmy.com. The Riley and Kimmy Show. That is the question for this Tuesday. Is Kimmy alert enough at this hour as we record this? Does she have the desire and the capability to play nerd and pop culture trivia? What's your answer, Kimmy? I say yes. We'll be asking Kimmy some questions from an, well, an adjusted timeline a little bit. It may not exactly be in chronological order. Regardless, feel free to shout out answers. Help out, Kimmy. We believe in time travel answers. So you who are in our future and Kimmy who's in your past, you two can connect. Shout at whatever listening device you have the Riley and Kimmy show on right now. It could be anything because we're mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Very first question we have for you, Kimmy, is in the world of television. Are you ready? I'm ready. I will give you the year. The year is 1954. This TV show made its debut on CBS television. Now, tell me the name of the TV show with this clue. Here you go. Starring June Lockhart, Hugh Riley, John Provost as Timmy, and Lassie.
Starring June Lockhart, Hugh Riley, John Provost as Timmy, and of course, Lassie. First episode, 1954, but no stranger to broadcasting because Lassie had been on radio before that and film, of course. And the question for you, Kimmy, is it began in 1954. When was the last original show aired? What decade? Was it the 50s, the 60s, or the 70s? The 70s? Yeah, September 12th, 1971 is when the last episode aired of Lassie. I have a feeling you are a fan of Lassie. Big time when I was little, yes. Oh, you love Lassie. Okay, moving over to something else that happened on this date in history. The last episode of this TV show was aired. Here is your audio clue. Identify the TV show. I think that's enough of the clue there. Kimmy, what is the name of that TV show? Leave it to Beaver. Oh, boy. Yes, Kimmy got that part. Right now, the next question is, what decade did Leave it to Beaver last air in? Was it the 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, or 1980s? The original Leave it to Beaver. The 50s? The last episode of Leave it to Beaver aired on this date in 1963. Oh, it began, it debuted October 4th, 1957. It carried, it's from the 50s into the 60s. I believe Kimmy likes the 50s version because that's the younger beaver, right? Mm-hmm. You're an anti-older beaver, if mm. I remember correctly, right? Mm. I, I prefer I, the little beaver. We sent him to school this morning, a fine strapping boy. And tonight he came home looking like a rather ugly girl. That wasn't beaver, though. That, that, <laughs> that was Lumpy Rutherford's dad talking about, about him. Uh-huh. It was on this date, 1966. This TV show premieres Identify It. What is that show, Kimmy? Family Affair. That's correct. Now, what network, there was only really three at the time, what network had Family Affair airing on it originally? CBS? Yeah, you got it right, and then it went into syndication forever. Did you have a Mrs. Beasley doll? No, I didn't. Did you find those frightening? Yes, I did. I still find those kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Surprised somebody hasn't turned that into a like a, a horror doll mm-hmm. somehow. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, cosplay as Mrs. Beasley. There you go. Ooh. You'll scare some people. It was on this date, 1992. This actor died at the age of 60. Kimmy, he'd been nominated for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for a well his second film. It was called Friendly Persuasion, but he is not really known for that one to mainstream audiences. He is known for something else. Tell me who the actor is. Tell me the movie he is known for and the character. Here's your audio clue. I understand. I don't hate her. I hate what she's become. I hate the illness. You mean an institution? A madhouse? People always call a madhouse someplace, don't they? Put her in someplace. What do you know about caring? Have you ever seen the inside of one of those places? The laughing and the tears. And the cruel eyes studying you. My mother there. But she's harmless. She's as harmless as one of those stuffed birds. All right. First part of, well, let's do this part of the question. What is that from? What movie? Psycho. Now, tell me the name of the character in that movie. 
Who was that talking? Not the actor. Who's the character? That was Norman Bates. Yes. Norman Bates was played by whom in the original Psycho and three of its sequels? Anthony Perkins. Yes. Kimmy got that right. She remembers it because his last name is associated with breakfast. That's right. That's, that's how she remembers it. Anthony Perkins passed away on this date, 1992. He also went into the world of sci-fi. You can see him in the 1979 film, The Black Hole. Have you ever seen that? No. That's that's an interesting uh, piece of work there. It was Disney's attempt to, well, get into the Star Wars world. That was in 1979. I love the killer robot in it. You know, he played in that. It was on this date in 1972. William Boyd died at the age of 77. He's an actor. Did a lot of work in westerns. Matter of fact, he's associated with one character from film that went to radio and t- well, it actually went to TV and radio at the same time. He was forever identified as Hop Along. Here he comes. Here he comes. There's the trumpets. There's the drums. Here he comes. Hop Along, Cassidy. Cassidy, extremely popular. Matter of fact, one of the really first merchandising type of uh, programs that were out there. Tons of things were associated with Hopalong Cassidy. But the interesting thing about the person who played Hopalong Cassidy, he controlled, he owned uh, the rights to the character, and he was very careful with what he endorsed, what he allowed the image of Hopalong to be associated with. He was very conscious of his young audience at the time. And matter of fact, retired from public appearances once he felt that his age was getting beyond what the point or beyond the point what people associated with him on television and film. He, he didn't want to disappoint fans. He said if they, they've seen that same image that they saw on TV or film, which is very interesting when you think about it. I know others that would never do that mm. you know, entirely. They, just, they wouldn't do that. He's a very interesting man, very interesting character. If you have older parents or maybe grandparents, you can talk to him about Hopalong Cassidy. I'm sure you'll bring a well, bring a smile to somebody's face in the family with that one because Hopalong was everywhere. And matter of fact, kids would run home in the afternoon from school just to see Hopalong Cassidy. He was that he was one of the first TV shows that was very, very uh, big, national, huge shows, and went into marketing as well. And breakfast cereals would make their debut on his show to give you an idea of just how important uh, his program was. In honor of William Boyd, who passed away on this date in 1972, we're going to go back in time to the golden age of radio. Radio was new. Radio, someone still loves you. And that's O'Reilly and Kimmy Show. Anytime we have an opportunity to honor the golden age of radio, we take that opportunity this might be your first uh, exposure to the golden age of radio. It's programming that's safe for all ears to hear. We're honoring William Boyd, who passed away on this date. He was Hopalong Cassidy. 
Now, Hopalong Cassidy had a radio version running at the same time as the TV version. Now, the, it wasn't the audio from the TV shows. This was a true radio production. William Boyd stars as Hopalong. We're kicking things off with Mystery of Skull Valley. That's the episode from 1950. Here's William Boyd as Hopalong Cassidy on the Riley and Kimmy Show. It's Hopalong Cassidy. Action and suspense, out of the Old West comes the most famous hero of them all, Hopalong Cassidy, starring William Boyd. The jingle of the silver spurs heralds that fabulous figure of the early West, Hopalong Cassidy. The same hop you cheer in motion pictures with the same California you've laughed at a hundred times in your local theater. These famous partners come riding into radio just as you've asked for them. William Boyd as Hopalong Cassidy and Andy Clyde as California. Our story tonight, The Mystery of Skull Valley. Today, Hoppy and his partner, California, are many miles from the Bar 20, riding along an old wagon road that winds through the lonely brush country. This is a land of superstition, of Indian legend. But as they ride, California shows little enthusiasm for Hoppy's current venture, which is to buy some prized Hereford bulls at a bankrupt ranch north of Skull Valley. Oh, gone it, Hoppy. We could have stayed at the bar 20 and bought towers without chasing all over creation. But not at the price I'm going to pay out here. There you go, thinking about money. Well, the rancher's got to improve his stock, California. Eh, just a shame. Money's the root of all evil, as the fowler said. Huh. It's for me. Just give me a horse and a bedroll. I'll be satisfied. <laughs> ah. Well, uh, speaking of money, look down the road. Where? I'll be there. Well, it looks like a coin. A hundred and fifty dollar gold piece by the size of it. Oh, you know they don't make hundred and fifty dollar gold pieces. Huh. Huh. Well, this ain't the darndest thing I've ever seen. Uh, here. Huh. Look at here. There's Spanish writing on it. And a crown. What's a crown doing on that coin, Hoppy? Don't, uh, you don't reckon there's a king around here somewhere, sir? This king has been dead a long time, California. This is an old Spanish coin. Yeah, well, uh, what's it doing on the road? Well, Spain used to own this part of the country in the old days. They did, huh? Well, let's get a shovel and start digging. Woo! We're rich, Hoppy. Ah, slow there. down, California. I'm going to have me a silver-mounted saddle. Two dozen pairs of Cheyenne boots. Silk shirts. I'm going to... <laughs> and I thought you didn't care anything about money. Oh, that was a couple of minutes ago. Ah, uh, just give me a horse and a bedroll. Oh, quit it, Hoppy. Dog <laughs> gone. There might be millions around here. I've heard of them Spanish treasures. Oh, that's it... probably somebody's good luck piece. He'll come back looking for it directly. Huh. Hoppy, Hoppy. Here's another one. Oh, oh. Hey, two more, Hoppy. Quick, come in. Well, don't bless the blood vessel. I'm coming. Oh, don't. It beat all, Hoppy. Oh, it sure does, California. Look there. I say, I say, there. That's blood. And a lot of it. Probably carrying a bullet in it. Uh, Hoofprints in the road. Yeah, must be riding his horse. Ain't no other tracks. And from the looks of them, they're fresh. Reckon it's the same fellow that lost these here coins? Maybe. Oh, he won't last long losing blood that way. Well, let's go find him. He needs help and quick. Uh, 
Hoppy and California have stumbled onto some old Spanish coins along a deserted road near Skull Valley. But blood spots and the dust and fresh hoof prints lead Hoppy to believe that whoever lost those coins has been badly wounded. Right at the moment, they are on his trail. Look there, California. The tracks lead off into the brush. And there's his horse. Probably fell out of the saddle. Easy, Topper. Easy, boy. No, I see him. Under that mesquite yonder. Looks like he's dead. Well, he's either dead or passed out. Ah, uh, poor fellow. Reckon he's a goner, Hoppy? Give me a hand, Will. Turn him over. Yeah, yeah. Easy now. There. Well, he's still breathing. No telling how bad that wound is. Somebody got him in the back, high on the shoulder. Look, Hoppy. More of them coins in his shirt pocket. And the pocket's torn. No wonder he was losing his money. Where'd you figure he got them coins? That's what I aim to find out. Find this rock, California, quick. Oh, that lesson like to burn my whiskers. Dog, go on it. Why is anybody shooting the dust? I don't know, California. This brush wasn't so thick. I'd wait till I line my sights on that buzzer doll. There they are on that ridge yonder. Two of them. Maybe this will give them something to think about. You got them, Hoppy? No, they ducked behind those rocks. <sighs> well, you scared them off anyhow. Look at them ride. See, I'm gonna... Hold your fire, California. You'll only waste bullets. They're out of six-gun range for this time. Yeah, I reckon you're right. Think they was the ones maybe that shot this poor fellow? Wouldn't be at all surprised, California. One of them had a red beard. I remember that. Now we got to get this fellow to a doctor. Rincon is just up the line a ways. Then we'll go looking for Mr. Redbeard. <laughs> pull through, Doc? Barring complications. First, I'll have to get that bullet out of him. You happen to know him? His name is Melendez, a sheep herder. Works for Sam Carradine. Sam Carradine, huh? Has he got a red beard by any chance? <laughs> Hardly. Carradine has black hair. Why? Oh, nothing. Oh, looks as if he's coming around. Now, well, maybe we'll find out what this is all about. Post de la muerte. Listen, old-timer, we're your friend. Who shot you? Vos de la muerte. Vos de la muerte. That poor fellow died. No, he just lost consciousness again. Vos de la muerte. That means voice of the dead in Mexican. Yeah, I know. Doc, uh, why would Melendez talk about a voice of the dead when I ask him who shot him? Well, it's just a superstition. There's a legend that an old Spaniard, Don Pablo, was buried in a mine cave in years ago. The Mexicans claim they can hear him wail on a stormy night. An old Spaniard named Don Pablo. Maybe he's the one that owned them coins. Quiet, California. Did you say something about coins? Yeah. Uh, ever see any coins like these before? Hmm. As a matter of fact, I have. Mind telling me where? Just a moment. Who are you, anyway? The name's Cassidy. Cassidy? Not up along, Cassidy, of the bar 20. That's him, all right. Well, I've certainly heard a lot about you, Cassidy. Sure, I'll tell you where I saw one of those coins. Tom Travers had one last week. And who was Travers, Doc? An archaeologist. He came here with his sister about three weeks ago to put around the Indian ruins. Where can I see him? Uh, Travers has been missing for several days. Maybe he found one of them Spanish treasures. Quiet, California. Yeah, any idea where Travers could be, Doc? Well, this is wild country, Cassidy. Hard to tell. I've tried to comfort his sister, but... A sister? 
I'd like to have a talk with her. Where can I find her? She and her brother are staying at the Caradine Hotel. Caradine again. He just bought the place. Made his money in sheep. I reckon I'll see what she has to say. I'll drop back to hear Melendez tell his story. Come on, California. Yes, sir. Take good care of Melendez, Doc. Somebody might want to silence him permanently. Uh, Hoppy. Yeah? How come you didn't tell the doc that Melendez had them coins? He didn't ask me. Yeah, no. You can scout around town to see what you can find out about uh, Redbeard. I'll see the girl. <laughs> Joe got it, Hoppy. You have all the fun. <laughs> I sure do, don't I, California? You wanted to see me? Yeah, yes, Miss Travers. The clerk said somebody wanted to see me on the porch and... Uh, won't you sit down, please, Miss Travers? Thank you. Is it something about my brother? Yes, it is. You found him? No, but I may have a line on him. Your brother had an old Spanish coin last week, uh, like this. How did you know? Doc told me. The doctor? Oh, I, I guess Tom did confide in him to a certain extent. But where did you get this? A sheep herder named Melendez. My partner and I found him with a bullet in his back. He's dead? No. Then he can talk. He must have gotten those from Tom. Maybe he killed him and stole... No, I don't think so. Then what do you think, Mr... Mr... Cassidy. Hopalong Cassidy. Hopalong Cassidy. That name is very familiar. I run the Bar 20 Ranch south of here. And you want to help me find my brother? That's right, Miss Travers. But I don't quite understand what interest you should have. Well, let's just say I like people, especially people in trouble. Now, if you'll tell me what happened the last time you saw your brother. Well, it was four days ago. We were right here on this porch. I really stumbled onto something this time, Linda. But, Tom, it's probably just an old coin that somebody dropped. Oh, I don't think so. And I'm going back to find more. Take someone with you. Don't go alone. Oh, this is something I have to keep to myself. But you showed this coin around town. Only to the doctor. And I trust him. He's interested in archaeology, too. Oh, Tom, when are you ever going to stop roaming around the country looking for old relics? Why don't you marry some nice girl and settle down? And the same goes for you, Linda. You want me to marry some nice girl? (laughs) Oh, you know what I mean. Hey, how about Sam Carradine? Be serious, Tom. Now, when I come back, I'll have more money than we can ever spend in a lifetime. Please tell me where you're going. Well, here comes Carradine now. Don't let on what I've told you. Morning, Tom. Morning, Linda. Good morning, morning Carradine. Well, I see you're all set to ride again, Tom. Going after more of them Indian relics? Yes, just thought I'd putter around some more. Well, in case you don't get back before Saturday, I, I was wondering if I had your permission. Permission for what? To ask Miss Linda to accompany me to the school dance. Why, I think it'd be a good idea. Hey, we'll all go, because I'll be back tomorrow night at the latest. All he would tell me, Mr. Cassidy. Maybe Sam Carradine could add a little to that. Is he around? I saw him right out of town a while ago. He said he was going to his sheep ranch at Salt Creek. Thanks, Linda. And don't you worry. We'll find your brother. I... I hope you find him alive. said, Cassidy. Tom Travers is loco. That's the way I got him figured, Hoppy. Quiet, California. Carradine, uh, just what makes you think Tom Travers is crazy? Why, any fella that'll go around with a shovel and dig up engineers and pottery and such junk has to be loco. Well, he seems to enjoy doing it. Well, every man to his own taste, I reckon. And him with such a pretty sister. Any idea what could have happened to him? Engines, maybe. 
They don't like fellas prowling around their mountains. Yeah, maybe he fell off on his horse and busted his full neck. Yeah. That's rough country for a tenderfoot to be riding in. Sure, then. Have you tried to find him? Sure, sure. I've had my men out twice combing these mountains. But it's mostly lava rock. And you know a horse don't keep tracks on that stuff. <laughs> a harpy could trail ant tracks across the neck cell. That's enough, Calabon. No man can track a horse across lava. Well, let's forget about Travers for a minute, Carradine. Did you ever see a red-bearded fellow in these parts uh, about your size? Red-beard? Why, uh... No, no, don't reckon I have. See, Hoppy, just like they said in town. Ain't nobody ever seen this critter. Uh, probably a drifter. Well, why you ask about uh, him? He and his partner, Bushwhack, one of your sheep herders. Hmm? One of mine. Who? Fellow named Melendez. Melendez? Is he... Is he dead? He's at the dock, but he'll pull through. Uh, has he, uh... Has he talked any? No, not yet. Oh, I see. Yeah. And this uh, red-bearded gent tried to kill him. Yeah, he was set to finish the job when uh, California and I rode up. Hoppy, Hoppy, look yonder. Where? Uh, down there for the sheep pen. Well, that's him. What's the matter, Cassidy? It's our friend with a red beard. Uh, he spotted us, Hoppy. He's trying to get away. Come on, let's go after him, California. Uh, there's one fellow I sure want to palaver with. I'll bring him down. We can get him, Carradine. Put that rifle down. Yeah, I fixed him, Cassidy. He won't go around shooting anybody else. Oh, darn it. Harrigan, you, you hadn't ought to use that fight. Oh, well, it looks like I got him dead center. And that looks like the end of Redbeard. Yeah, too bad. I only meant to wing him. Probably just a, a grub line rider looking for a handout. But he hadn't a, ought to try to run away. But Hoppy, uh, that dog... Oh, come on, California. Yeah, but... Just to see that. We'll see you in town, Carradine. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I bury this hombre, I'll be in. Carradine killed that fella deliberate. I know that. Then why didn't you do something about it? We'll give Carradine enough rope and maybe he'll build himself a hangnoose. Hoppy in California seemed on the verge of getting their first break in the mystery of the Spanish coins and the disappearance of Tom Travers. The red-bearded man who had shot at them earlier in the day rode into Sam Carradine's sheep camp, but before the partners could overtake him, Carradine shot him dead. We now find Carradine in his cabin questioning one of his men. You wanted to see me, Carradine? I sure do. I'd have been out to your shack sooner, boss, but my horse threw a shoe. Uh, Is that all? Yeah. Hey, where's Red? Where you be if you don't talk. Now, what about Melendez? Well, he'd come along with his sheep, see? Never mind the details. What happened? Well, me and Red was keeping an eye on Travers, like you said. Go on. We, uh, we went up on the ridge looking for a deer we seen. Is that keeping an eye on Travers? We just figured on some fresh meat for tonight, boss. But while we was up there, we seen Melendez come by. I watched him through the glasses and seen him pick up some of them gold coins. How'd he find those? Don't want to find no, Carradine. He stuck them in his shirt pocket, and they lit out of there like the devil was after him with a scalping knife. Why didn't you stop him, you fool? No, Red did try a long shot with a rifle and winged him, but... By the time we got down off the ridge, he was gone. We tracked him, was about to finish a job when two hombres... Cassidy and his partner. Cassidy? You mean one of them fellas was Hopalong Cassidy? Yeah, as if I haven't got troubles enough. Well, don't you worry, Carradine. The scene still begins. He just come back from the docks office. Melendez is in bad shape, he says. Ain't been able to talk yet. Yeah, and he ain't going to. Now, here's what we do. Tonight's the school dance. While I'm waltzing Linda Travers, I want you to know. 
Well, how about how about dancing this one, Linda? We dance every one, Mr. Carradine. Oh, now can't you get used to calling me Sam? But I don't know you that well, Mr. Carradine. Well, you don't know that Cassidy fellow either, but you call him Hoppy. Well, I Patty's I... Uh, speaking of the devil, here he comes now. Hello, Linda. Hello, Hoppy. Howdy, Carradine. Howdy. I have Pop to play a waltz next time. Uh, how about it? I'd love to, Hoppy. Well, here's my waltz. Mind stepping aside? No, I don't mind stepping aside. Oh, Carradine looks angry. Not half as mad as he's going to be. The trap's all set. Then you do think Carradine is behind this? By keeping my eye on him, I'll soon know. I felt he was evasive about Tom's disappearance. I have an idea you had the right feeling, Linda. Oh, I wish Tom had never found those old Spanish coins. But they may lead to a fortune. A man like Carradine would kill for a lot less. I'm so worried. Stop it! Oh, oh, shot! Sounded like shot! Hey, what happened, Jack? Those shots came from the docks, Alice Carradine. Come on. Uh, why would anyone be shooting at docks? To keep someone from talking, maybe. Melinda, he's in there. Exactly, Linda. And let's hope he's still alive. in the doc's office, like you said. Two fellas sneaked in. I was standing there in the dark. And... Uh, uh, who who were they? Did you see them? No, not till I saw them leaning over them rolled-up blankets in the bed that they thought was Melendez. There they was, pouring lead into You them. mean Melendez wasn't in the bed? No, Carradine. Thank heaven. He's in another part of the house. Well, why would anyone want to hurt an old man like that? Maybe he knew something someone didn't want repeated. Uh, I'm sure sorry, Hoppy, about the way I ruined things. How'd they get away? Well, just as I was going to corner him, I, I tripped over this here darn box. Well, I'm glad they didn't do more than bend a gun barrel over your oh, head. Oh, me anyhow. We could have got them fellas and made them talk and then... Well, forget it. What do you do now, Hoppy? We'll make other plans, and they'll start with Carradine. Uh, Carradine? He's gone. I figured he would be. Hoppy... What's up, Doc? I was going to send for you just before the shooting. Melendez talked a little. What did he say? Oh, he kept muttering about the Voce de Miace, Voice of the Dead. What else? Something about Valley of the Skull. Where's that? It's north of here, full of old mines that have petered out. Your first work by the Spaniards. Wait a minute. What is it, California? And then two gunmen come into this room. I heard them say something about the Silver Queen mine. And the Silver Queen is in Skull Valley. That's where we're going, California. Please be careful, Hoppy. Don't worry about me. Doc, tell me how to reach this mine and we'll be on our way. yelling for help. Sounds like an animal to me, Hoppy. Uh, let's go back to town and come some other time. I'll bet one of those Spanish coins against the nickel is Tom Travers. It's coming from that there mine entrance. That's probably what Melendez heard. You mean this is that Bosdele Muerte business? Sure. Here's the mine. Come on. I sure followed you a lot of places, Hoppy, but this here's the worst. Wait, I'll strike a match. If a fella breathed on them, the whole tunnel would cave in. Then hold your breath, California. Hey, Ross, almost clear, too. Travers! Tom Travers! Is that you, Carradine? We're friends. We've come to get you. Oh, thank God. Listen, I'm about a hundred feet in the tunnel. In a shaft. Be careful. We're coming. I sure don't like this, Hoppy. 
I don't suppose Travis likes it much either. Huh? I walked into something. A timber. Look out!
Leroy from Hopalong, Cassidy, and California. Another job is done, and they're heading back to the Bar 20. But they'll be riding out again soon, and they'd be mighty pleased if you'd join them for another story of action and excitement. Hopalong, Cassidy, starring William Boyd, is transcribed and produced in the West by Walter White, Jr. The Mystery of Skull Valley was written by Dean Owen and Howard Swartz. All stories are based upon the characters created by Clarence E. Mulford. The Ring of the Silver Spurs heralds the most amazing man ever to ride the prairies of the early West, Hopalong Cassidy. This famous hero thrills his 60 million fans with action and dangerous adventure. In the role of Hopalong Cassidy is the popular star of the motion picture series, William Boyd. And appearing as that laughable old character, California, is Andy Clyde. Now to our story, The Voice of the Dead. California Carlson doesn't often get letters, particularly since he withdrew his application from the Matrimonial Bureau. So the legal-looking envelope that came to the Bar 20 addressed to him was something to get excited about, even before he looked at its exciting contents. Dear Mr. Carlson, I regret to inform you that your cousin, Mr. Thomas Baxter, has passed on. Your presence is required at the Boxo Ranch in the above county two weeks from date for the reading of the will. The other beneficiaries have been notified. I'm looking forward to serving you in any way possible. Very truly yours, David J. Potter, Attorney at Law, Executor. But the two weeks seemed more like two years to California until the night finally arrived when he and Hoppy rode up to the gate of the box hole. Hoppy wasn't quite as enthusiastic. I just made a weighty decision, California. Yeah, what's that, Hoppy? I must love you like a brother. I don't believe there's another man in the county I'd be out with, riding around in the middle of the night in this kind of weather. Well, here's the gate. What's that sign read? Hmm, Boxo Ranch. Visitors welcome. Tom Baxter, owner. Good old Tom. Real hospitable fellow here. Like to folks dropped in and friendly like. Hold it. Someone's shooting at us on the ridge up there. Get down. I'm down already. Flat in my face. There he is. He's going back over the ridge. Well, he's down to range for a six gun. Let me get my Winchester out. No use now. He's gone. Well, I'll be... Yeah, so will I. Visitors welcome, huh? Good old cousin Tom. Yeah, you know, Hoppy, maybe you're right about that will. The old bar 20 looks better all the time. Now, why don't we... No. What use I got for money? Oh, come on. Let's mosey back home and forget it, huh? Five minutes ago, I'd take me up on it, California. But right now, you couldn't keep me away from the box, though, with a team of wild horses. Now back to Hopalong Cassidy and the Voice of the Dead. It's almost an hour since the mysterious rider fired on Hoppy in California at the gate of the Boxo Ranch. And as they mount the rickety steps of the old ranch house, California is more willing than ever to forget his share of the Baxter fortune and go back to the Bar 20. Listen to that thunder. Consarn it, Hoppy. We got no business here. 
I don't like this place. <laughs> you better learn to like it, California. For all you know, you might own it. Well, I'll sell it right now for ten cents. And if you try hard, you could work me down to a nickel. Uh, uh, good evening, ma'am. What do you want? How do you do, ma'am? We're, uh... I'm sorry, we don't take in strangers. You got caught out in a storm, it's no fault of mine. Oh, now, now, wait a minute. Uh, I'm California Carson. Uh, I'm supposed to be here. Oh, what about your friend here? I'm Hopalong Cassidy, ma'am. We'd appreciate it if you could... That uh... will be up to Mr. Potter to decide. This is a ranch house, not a hotel. Well, don't stand there. Come in. Yes, sir. <clears throat> It's a sin, that's what it is. Poor Mr. Tom, hardly cold in his grave, and everybody flocking around to see what they can get, like a pack of coyotes. Coyotes? No way. Take it easy, California. Where do you want us to put our things, Mrs. Uh... Hackett. Miss Matilda Hackett. Mm. Your room's at the head of the stairway. We can take your horses out there to the barn. Mr. Potter's in the study. You better see him first. I wash my hands. <laughs> Boxhole Ranch. Visitors, welcome. Nice, friendly reception we got, California. Hmm. First time I've been called a coyote by an old buzzard like that. Uh, Come on, we better talk to Mr. Potter. And keep your hand close to your hip. He might be even more hospitable than Miss Hackett. Wait a minute, what's that? Must be Mr. Potter. Sounds like he was... I want it now. I'm simply trying to be reasonable, Ralph. I'm through. I'm through being reasonable. I need that money and there's no reason why I can't get an advance. My father left me a share of his estate, and I want it now. Why can't you wait until the will is read? That's none of your business, Porter. I think I know why, Ralph. You've been gambling in town. All right. So I have. And I've got to pay Ogden off tonight. Well, you can't pay him off. That's all there is to it. All right, Potter. Call me when Cousin Phineas gets here. I don't want to be late for that reading. Well, uh, uh... Uh, I'm uh, Cousin California Carlson. This here's Hopalong Cassidy. How do you do? Hello. Hmm. I'm afraid I must apologize for Ralph, gentlemen. He's not like his father. I'm David Potter. How do you do? We just got in, Mr. Potter. I wonder if you've uh, got an extra place for me. Of course. There's a double bed in the room upstairs. You're perfectly welcome to it. Thanks. According to Mr. Baxter's instructions, the will's to be read tonight. We'll proceed with the reading when all the beneficiaries are here. Mm, uh, when do you reckon that'll be, Mr. Potter? Well, they've all arrived except Cousin Phineas Phipps. He ought to be here any minute. Then we'll get together in the library. Good. Shall we take our stuff upstairs, California? Uh, you go ahead, Hoppy. Reckon I'll go out to the barn and look after the horses. At a time like this, I'll feel like I ought to be in the good side of my horse. <laughs> Boy, feel a mite better without the heavy pack, huh? Hmm. Now, hang the pack saddle up and... You can't do that. Uh-uh. Who are you? Josh Coulter. Uh, oh. I, I can't do what? Uh, what you doing? Can't hang no tack on the walls, and if you've got the sense of a barn-born doggy, you'll heist your saddle back onto your horse and get both you and that gun-toting cowboy you rode up with. Joshua! Uh, uh, yes, Miss Ruth? I think Miss Hackett needs you at the house. Yes, Miss Ruth. Uh, remember what I said. Pop. Wow. Why, I... Don't mind Joshua, Mr. Carlson. He's been acting that way ever since my father died. Well, maybe so. Uh, uh, you would be uh, Ruth Baxter then, huh? I'm mighty glad to know you, miss. I'm afraid I'll have to apologize for all of us. There's something very strange going on here, Mr. Carlson. Oh, I don't know, Miss Ruth. 
We ain't noticed nothing out of the ordinary. That is, nothing except a rider that tries to kill us at the ranch gate. A housekeeper who just about bites our heads off at the front door. Your brother Ralph spitting in our faces up in the house. And now this old horn told us... I know. I'm glad you and Mr. Cassidy are here. I think we're going to need you. California. Yeah, Hoppy. Cousin Cynthia just arrived. We're meeting in the library for the reading of the will in five minutes. Now that we're here, I'll read the will. All right, I'm good. Glad to hear that. Very, very simple, right to the point. I, Thomas Baxter, being of sound mind and not acting under duress, do hereby declare this to be my last will and testament. My property and all my holdings shall be equally divided between my daughter, Ruth Baxter, my son, Ralph Baxter, California Carlson, Matilda Hackett, Joshua Coulter, and Phineas Phipps. Read the proviso that should any of these people die... His or her share shall be divided among the remaining legatees. What? Why, why, that's utter insanity, Mr. Potter. What's what wrong it? with it, Cousin Phineas? Why, why, it's not like Cousin Thomas at all. Why, it's, it's an instrument of the devil. A temptation I to... I think work. I know what you mean, Cousin Phineas. Huh? I'm afraid I don't, Mr. Cassidy. Well, as it stands now, six people divide the estate equally. If one dies, the rest get his share. It might be a temptation for someone to, uh, well, whittle down the number of beneficiaries. Oh, oh, no. oh, I know it sounds pretty brutal, but we might as well face the facts. Uh, Mr. Potter, uh, seeing as we all live a spell longer, what do we get? Uh, not much, I'm afraid. Hmm. The land's practically worthless, and there's a big bank loan to be paid off. Uh, however, I could manage to raise something for the beneficiaries if they'd all agree to sell. All right, let's find out what they'll do. Good idea. Please answer as I call your name. Well, I, for one, feel that this Now, is... Matilda Hackett. Well, yes, if you think it's best, Mr. Potty. Ralph Baxter? There's nothing else to do. I'll sell. Ruth Baxter? I won't sell. Hmm? Any particular reason? I'm quite all right. It's up to you, my dear. Uh, Joshua Coulter. Speak up, Di. I'll sell. California Carlson. Well, Mr. Potter, I've given this a lot of thought. And I... Won't sell. I said, uh... Huh? Uh, that's right, yeah. No sense in selling, no, no sense at all. Well, that makes three for selling and two against. Well, looks like it's up to you, Cousin Phineas. Oh, close that window. Look out for that lamp that's going over. Oh, there goes the light. Oh, there it go. Sounded like a shot. Hurry up with that light. Hurry, uh, hurry. There we are. Hold the lamp steady now. <sighs> I'm sure I heard a shot. Oh, I was probably a shutter banging. Now, let's get on with the boat. Very well. Cousin Phineas, it's up to you. Cousin Phineas. What's wrong, Mr. Potter? Phineas. He's... He's dead. Then there was a shot. It, it came through the window. Let's go out and take a look. Come on, everyone. Ruth, look out. I told you, Hoppy, we should have turned back at the gate there. Take it easy. You aren't dead yet. Nothing out here. Well, of course there isn't. You expect the killer to hang around and wait for us? Uh, it came through the window here. I'm, I'm sure of it. Well, right now, I'm not sure of anything. What do you mean? Could have done now, let's see. It could have come through the window. Phineas was sitting right in that chair there. And wait a minute. What's wrong, Huffy? Take a look through the window here, Mr. Potter. Huh? What's the matter, Mr. Cassidy? In there by the table. Good Lord, the body. Huh? Phineas, his body's gone. Before we continue with this exciting story, here is a word from your announcer. Now back to Hopalong Cassidy and the Voice of the Dead. 
tension and fear in the Boxdo Ranch House now as the five remaining heirs to the estate of Tom Baxter retire for the night. California is less willing than ever to claim his share of the estate now as he and Hoppy talk to Ruth Baxter in their room. So you think there was something strange about your father's death, Miss Ruth? I know there was, Mr. Cassidy. I think my father was murdered. Murdered? But but he died right there in that bed. Because someone poisoned him. Slowly, over a long period of time. I think he knew it, too, toward the end. But why would anyone kill him? They wanted the ranch. Yet, according to Mr. Potter, it's practically worthless. Well, that's what Mr. Potter says. I don't believe it. I tried to get an accounting of income and expenses, but Mr. Potter says there isn't any such thing. My father was a businessman, Mr. Cassidy. He wouldn't run his ranch without a set of books. Hmm. But your father never said anything? Oh, no. He couldn't talk near the end. Just lay in his bed here reading that book of Channing's essays on the table there. See, he was partly paralyzed. It affected his speech. Poison, huh? I wonder if... It's that Matilda Hackett critter, Hoppy. She's the cook, ain't she? And poisoning folks is probably a hobby. I think it goes farther than that, California. You say this is the book your father always read, Miss Ruth? Yes. Channing was a favorite of his. Ah, it looks pretty well thumbed over. Especially this section here. Hmm. Look at that. What is it, Hoppy? It's like Mr. Baxter underlined a passage here. Or waver as if you can hardly hold a pencil. Well, that's strange. What does it say? Thank heaven for books. They are the voices of the distant and the dead. Books. The voices of the dead. I wonder if he was trying to tell us something. Someone was listening at that door there. Uh, there's no one there now. Uh, I guess whoever was listening found out what he wanted to know. Mice, they sure have big feet. Get your britches on. Ain't never hit them off. Not in this house. Light the lamp. Yeah, coming up. Come, Sharn, it went out. Shucks, went out again. What's the matter? I keep scratching matches and they keep going out. There's a powerful draft coming from somewhere. Well, that's funny. A window shut, so is the door. Try another one. Mm, you see what I mean? Yeah. A draft's coming right straight out of the wall. From under this picture of old Tom Baxter here. Now what you up to? It is hollow. There's a passageway behind this wall here. And I'll bet this panel under the picture is the door. Well, doggone. What did old Tom Baxter be doing with a contraption like that? The boxo was built during the Indian trouble. Probably protection for the women folk. There ought to be a catch here somewhere. Wait. What's that? Sounds like someone down the library. Take a look out the window here. There's a light down there. Yeah, from the library. wonder who it is. I ain't too curious. Come on, we can climb down the trellis here onto the porch. I'd like to take a peek through that library window. Easy now. Can you see? Not yet. Now. Ah. What is it? Take a look. Well, I'll be... It's Ralph. Yeah. What's he doing at the day? Looking over a set of books. Miss Ruth was right. The old man did keep records on the ranch here. Look, he's walking over to the fireplace. He's going to burn them. Hold it. You ain't going to let him. Wait, I said. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. He's putting them away. Those stones under the hearth are loose. The old man kept these books hidden underneath. What you gonna do, Hoppy? Wait here till he's gone. And I have a look at those ledgers. Well, Mr. Potter. Up rather late, aren't you, Ralph? I might say the same of you. And uh, I hate to be overly curious, Potter, but I'd like to know what you're doing in my room. I want to talk to you. Oh? Yes, I have certain suspicions about what's going on here, and I think it's fair that I face them out with you before I take them elsewhere. Go on, Potter. I'm interested. Where did you go just now? To the library. Why? I couldn't sleep. I uh, thought some reading would relax me. Any more questions? You'd better ask them now, because when you're finished, I've got a few myself. One more question. Why did you kill Cousin Phineas? <laughs> oh, that's very strange. <laughs> that's the first question I was going to ask you. Drop it, Ralph. I think I know why you went down to the library. Go on. Phineas was shot from inside the room. I found this on the floor. A revolver cartridge case. It was under your chair. Well, you're changing your tactics a little, aren't you? Now it's a frame. You're trying to hang that killing on me. Well, you won't get very far, I'm afraid. I told you I'm trying to be fair with you, Ralph. <laughs> There's an old saying, Potter. Thank heaven for books. They are the voices of the distant and the dead. Mean anything to you? Where'd you hear that? Oh, yeah. Just happened to overhear it tonight, and it gave me an idea. I looked up my father's ranch accounts down in the library. Accounts? How did... Never mind how I found them. And they told me a lot. Number one, there are 1,500 head of cattle missing. Run off somewhere waiting for the beneficiaries to sell out. Number two, there's oil on the property. Five eastern outfits are angling to buy it right now. And number three, you're the crook who killed my father and who's trying to hoodwink us into selling. That's a pretty serious charge, Ralph. I'm glad you're laying it on the line because the one thing I want to do is get you up in court to repeat it. Don't worry, I will. You know, there's another old saying, Ralph. The best defense is a first-class attack. You've heard that one too, haven't you? Get out of my room. I advise you to be around in the morning when the sheriff gets here. Good night, Ralph. Going someplace, Mr. Potter? Oh, Cassidy. He put traffic around this house for seeing the morning. I've been talking to Ralph. I'm very tired. Do you mind if I... I'll only be a minute. What about Ralph? I... I knew he was a disgrace to his father, Cassidy, but until now I couldn't believe he was a murderer. Are you sure? Absolutely. I'd rather not say any more until the sheriff gets here in the morning, so if you don't mind... What was that? It came from Ralph's room. That door's locked. Stand back. Well, Potter, do you still think Ralph's a murderer? Good Lord, he's dead. Yeah. Shot while he was sitting in this chair here. But the room's locked. Doors and windows both. How could anyone get I in here? I got a pretty good idea how, California. Come on out in the hall. Stay right there, Potter. I'll do no such thing. Did you hear what I said? Well, all right, Cassidy, if you think so. What is it, Hoppy? That secret passageway runs right through the wall opposite the chair. Stay flat against it and you'll be safe. Now, listen. I want you to put Potter in the other chair. Keep him there, you understand? Then start asking him questions. You know what to say. Yeah, but what are you going to... Wait a minute. Oh, Miss Ruth. Mr. Cassidy, I heard the shot. It's your brother. Ralph? I've no time to explain now. I need your help. Do what I told you, California. And you better keep your gun handy. I don't think Potter will like sitting in that chair after you start asking those questions. (laughs) 
Easy here, Carlson. I refuse. Easy now, Mr. Potter. Just lean back in your chair there and relax. Will you put down that gun? Nope. Now let's get back to the story, Mr. Potter. Hoppy and I seen in the books that someone struck oil up in Boulder Canyon and ranch property. Right? Right. Then someone figures how handy it'd be if old Tom Baxter was to up and die. Right? Will you shut up? Nope. So someone sees to it that old Tom dies of a mysterious stomach ailment, runs off his stock, and tries to bluff the heirs into selling out. Please, Carlson, not here, I tell you. Nope. Not unless you want to tell me who your partner is, Mr. Potter. I, I can't talk here. Where's Cassidy? Pretty busy right now, checking on something else. Uh, shall we start back at the beginning again, Mr. Potter? I'm sure the door to the passageway is here under the picture. You say you can't remember? I don't know anything about it, Mr. Cassidy. What beats me how you could grow up in this house and not know about it. We weren't allowed in here as children. Why? Father had a strange feeling about that picture. We, we were never allowed to touch it. Wait, that's it, the picture. What do you mean? Let's see now. Spring is obviously underneath. I can't move it. <gasps> Look. There she goes. A sliding panel. Why, well, I never would have believed. Shh. Think he's in there? Yeah. Trying to decide whether or not to kill Potter before California makes him talk. Maybe you better stay here. It's not on your life. I'm going with you. <laughs> The answer to the mysterious murders at the Box Soul Ranch House isn't far off now as California holds David Potter at gunpoint in the room where Ralph Baxter was killed. Knowing that behind the wall at his back, the killer is ready to fire if Potter starts to talk. Meanwhile, Hoppy and Ruth work their way down the secret passageway toward the murderer's hiding place. Hold it. Oh, can you see anything? Listen, I'm getting tired of waiting, Potter. When you reckon you're going to tell me who your partner is? Will you be reasonable, Carlson? No. It's right around this corner. Stay right here. All right. Good luck, Hoppy. Thanks. I ain't no reasonable move tonight, Mr. Pirate. You're conniving with someone to grab off this ranch. You wasn't exactly reasonable about poor old Finney's picture Ralph Baxter there, was it? Please, Carlson, he'll kill me if I... And maybe if he don't, I will. In the morning and sometimes I don't think straight when I miss my sleep. Now you're going to talk or no? All right. All right, I'll talk, Carlson. Put down that gun. I said put it down. Ah, Hoppy! It's all right, Miss Ruth. Hoppy, all right? Yeah, take Potter back to our room and tell him his partner just retired from business. Hoppy! <clears throat> ah, there you are, mister. Who is he? Turn him over, California. Right, Hoppy. Uh, there you go. Cousin Phineas. Suffering snakes. Oh, why, I thought you... Yeah, so did I. That was quite an act you pulled down the library, Potter. It was his idea. He wanted to play it safe. So you fired into the floor and hustled us all out on the porch while the body disappeared, huh? That's right. Oh, please, Cassidy, I I can't talk now. I don't blame you. Better save your breath for the story you're going to tell the sheriff when he gets here. Ruth. Yes? Better get everybody in here. Better get everybody in here. I want to tell them they can rest easy now. I think we've lost our last beneficiary. Uh, excuse me, Hoppy. Huh? He just lost one more. Me. Now, wait a minute, California. You know you're entitled nope, to... Nope, not me. I learned a good lesson here at the box hole, Hoppy. 
It's better to be a live cowpoke than a dead millionaire. <laughs> turnabout California leading Hoppy into trouble. Now he can't do so much complaining next time Hoppy stumbles onto some happening that needs close watching and a ready gun. These partners will be riding out again soon into a threatening episode with an ambushed stagecoach. Hop Along Cassidy, starring William Boyd, is transcribed and produced in the West by Walter White, Jr. The Voice of the Dead was adapted for radio by Harold Swanton. All stories are based upon the characters created by Clarence E. Mulford. It's Hopalong Cassidy. With action and suspense, out of the Old West comes the most famous hero of them all, Hopalong Cassidy, starring William Boyd. The ring of the silver spurs heralds the most amazing man ever to ride the prairies of the early west, Hopalong Cassidy. This famous hero thrills his 60 million fans with action and dangerous adventure. In the role of Hopalong Cassidy is the popular star of the motion picture series, William Boyd. And appearing as that laughable old character, California, is Andy Clyde. Now to our story, Ten Strike Gold. Gum, that's just how I figures it. What did you figure that way, California? Why, uh, didn't I say, Hoppy? Nope, not a word. <laughs> Funny, must have figured it myself. Must have. Well, I was thinking, something's come over to hop along Castle. You don't say. Here we are, come all the 60 miles, nigh on to 10 strike, and nary a bit of trouble do I have to haul you out. Well, a man has to tend to his business sometimes. If the Bar 20 Ranch can buy a string of blooded horses, we is for sale at 10 strike. I'll... Well, it doesn't seem to people now, California. Probably some fellow just hunting himself a rabbit. California, you know nobody hunts rabbits with a coat. Hold on there, boy. Ho. Maybe the poor fellow don't own a rifle. Uh, now, let's not get mixed up in nothing, Hoppy. Look down the arroyo, California. Pretty, ain't it? Uh, awful dry, though. Along the road. You can see as well as I can. Uh, and dusty, too. The stagecoach and a road agent. So hold up. Let's go. Looks like he shot up the express messenger already. And the driver's getting in the strong box. Guess we better stop that right now. Steady, boy. Right with you, Hoppy. Looks like he's scaring off. That don't indicate he's so mighty scareable. Least ways it don't bother his shooting hand none. Ah, he's had enough. He's running off. High tail end for the hill. Anyway, he's dropped the money box. Hold your fire, California. He's out of range now. Hey, driver, how's your partner? He's shot. Can't you see? Sure, we can see, but how bad is it? Uh, not too bad, fellas. Just wing me in the arm. Hoppy, how about going after that confounded road agent? Sir? No chance with our tired horses, California. That fellow was riding a blooded roan. Our horses haven't had a handful of grain for two days. Doggone, I'd sure like to catch me a stagecoach robber, I would. Better move over, driver, so I can climb up there and look at your pal's wound. Uh, who are you, stranger, to give me orders? Your name's Cassidy. He's Hopalong Cassidy. Yeah, Feller from Bar 20, you get around a lot, eh? I get around some. Yeah, so they say. Always around. Mind telling me your handle? No, not at all. Hardhead Brophy, they call me. Very appropriate. Now, do you mind moving over? Yeah, I guess not. 
He wouldn't have got shot if he'd had any sense. Bandit had a drop on us, and this fool kid went for his gun. Well, that was his job, isn't it? And a fella might have shot me, too. My, that would have been too, too bad. What's that? Uh, me? Uh, I'm California. Pleased to meet you, hardhead. Say, uh, how come you don't have no passengers? A special gold dust run. Passengers might get shot up. Now, let me see your arm, messenger. Rance Morgan's the name, Mr. Cassidy. I've heard a lot about you. Ah, uh, this doesn't look too bad. If we can stop the bleeding, I'll just cut your shirt sleeve here with my knife and... Tie a tourniquet around the arm for a while. Fool kid, messenger. Might have got both of us killed. You got any real big objections, Brophy? Save them for later. This boy should get to a doctor. Sort of quick, if you don't mind. Ah, trying to be a hero. back to Hop Along Cassidy. Hop in California have just interrupted a stagecoach holdup in time to prevent the theft of the strong box. But not before Rance Morgan, the express messenger, is shot. You know, Rance, it just doesn't seem trail-wise to try a fast draw on a road that has a drop on you. That was the parson. Ah, local bad man, huh? Plenty bad. He wears a preacher's frock coat, a black hat, and mask. And I intend to get him. Looks like you invited him to get you first. You're sort of young to be an express messenger, aren't you? I'm 20. That's old enough. I've got a special reason for doing this job. Oh? That sounds like revenge. My brother was a messenger. And my girl's father drove stage. The parson shot both of them. In the back. you not to do it. I begged you. I know, Molly. Now, Miss Laird, Rance will be all right. The doctor said so. He might have been killed. And what for? Oh, why, a fellow naturally wants revenge. What good does that do? Would it bring anybody back to life? No, ma'am. It sure wouldn't. But if he'd kill the parson, why... Miss California. You know how I feel, Molly. I'll never be satisfied until I get the parson for what he's done. I don't want revenge, Rance. I want you alive. A man don't feel right, Miss Laird, if he can't settle a score. Gun crazy. That's what all of you are. Just plain killing gun crazy. Miss Laird, excuse me for saying so, but your friend Rance should be kept quiet. I'm sorry, Mr. Cassidy. And I do appreciate... Well, don't mention it, Miss. And now, if you could direct me to a general store where I could buy some grub for us, I'd be obliged. I've got to get some things for Rance that the doctor ordered, so you might go with me. Thank you, miss. That is, if I could leave Rance. Why, I'll be all right, Molly. Uh, I'll be pleased to stay till you get back. In the meantime, I can clean my gun. California. Uh, oh, that's just, uh, just in case we find some use for him, Hoppy. Mm-hmm. Just sort of in case. <laughs>
Mighty unfortunate introduction, Miss Laird, but you know, uh, we came to Ten Strike to do some business with you. With me, Mr. Cassidy? Well, we heard down at the bar 20 that you had a string of fine riding stock for sale. Oh, I do. You see, Dad had saved for years to buy our little ranch, looking forward to retirement. He, he was just about to... to... I know, Miss Laird. I, I shouldn't let it get me like this, but Dad's hobby was fine horses, and now I have to sell them all. Oh, if he knew Hopalong Cassidy was interested in his horses, he'd be real proud. Well, they'd get gentle care at the bar 20. Could you come out to the ranch this afternoon to look them over? Oh, I think California and I'd be pleased to. Fine. Oh, this is Lou Gribble's general store. Well, do stores stay closed in the middle of the day on 10 strikes? Things have been awfully quiet since some of the mines closed down. I guess there's not enough trade for... Oh, there's Lou coming down the street. Oh, I hope he's got the supplies I need. He's been so good to me since Dad was killed. Treats me like a daughter. I'm coming, Molly. Coming. <laughs> Hasn't Lou a funny walk? <laughs> Just like a little boy. Don't hurry, Lou. We won't run off. You closed up to go fishing. I just heard what happened to Ranch. Awful. It's awful. It is. But he was lucky this time. Well, I'll open up here. We'll be in business in a jiffy. <laughs> You've heard of Hopalong Cassidy, Lou. Hopalong Cassidy? I sure have. It's a real pleasure to know you. Yes, sir, a mighty real pleasure. Thank you, Mr. Gribble. Now, enter my emporium. <laughs> what you don't see, we ain't got. Shall it be, uh, ladies first? Oh, no. Mr. Cassidy's in a hurry, I know, and I've time. Well, our wants are simple. Just a side of bacon, ten pounds of flour, same with jerked beef, and a sack of oats for the horses. Yes, sir, Mr. Avalong. Gee, was it really the parson what robbed the stage? So they say. I don't know too much about this parson. No, nothing but a brief shooting acquaintance, Mr. Gribble. <laughs> Aye, but Miss Laird sure is some fine stock in this here corral, Hoppy. Yeah, I'd say our late father was a pretty good judge of horse flesh. Bet she doesn't take care of her stock, though. Oh, now, Hoppy, seeing she's a female, I think they look right smart. All curried, combed, and grain-fed. And... All except one California. That big jumpy roan on the other side of the corral. Say, now, he do look like he's in a sweat. I'll just drop a loop around him and get acquainted. Think Miss Laird will see us from the house? Well, what about it? Aren't we inspecting her horses? Well, here goes. <laughs> Smack dab around his neck. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Nothing to be nervous about. He sure is a beauty. Take it easy now, old fella. Take it easy. You know what I'm thinking? I don't know, Hoppy, but this here horse has been rode hard and unreasonable not long ago. Right. And turned loose without a rub down. Suggest anything, California? Yeah. The parson was riding a bit roan, wasn't he? With a white stocking on the off hind leg. Just like this horse. Hoppy, uh, Hoppy, you don't think uh, uh, the parson couldn't be... Uh... Molly Laird? Hardly California, not a lady road agent. But if her horse was used in hold-up... Now, but... let's not jump at conclusions. Might have been barred. Might be a different horse. We could find out sure easy enough uh, up at her house. We might. And we might not, seeing that Miss Laird seems to have a caller. Why, that's that stage driver, Brophy. But, Mr. Brophy, I don't really know what business we have to talk over. Well, you know, your pa was a special friend of mine. I got to take care of his daughter. I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, but you might not, honey. 
when you find out what I know about you and that holdup today. I don't know what you mean. Please. Yeah, what's wrong with putting my arm around a pretty girl, huh? I don't like it. Oh, now, honey. You know, a girl who's mixed up with road agents can't be too choosy. What? Not so innocent, little sweetheart. Now, how about us getting to be real good friends? No. Get away! Get off! You quiet down. I happen to know the horse that was using the hold-up today was your horse. Let me go! Stop! You're the lady, Brophy. Let her go. Oh, Mr. Cassidy. What's it to you, Cassidy? Don't teach you to butt in. You Look out, Huffy! I saw that haymaker hard head. Now catch there. This is the last one you'll see. Side up, set your home this way. They don't call me hard head for nothing. Huffy. You knocked him plumb through the screen door. You aren't hurt, are you? No, thanks. But his head is kind of hard. Look at him, laying outside there in the grass. <laughs> just as sweet and peaceful as if he was a snoozing. <laughs> the no-good sidewinder. Oh, you skinned your knuckles. Ah, it doesn't hurt much. We heard that mule skinner pestering you as we was walking by the porch. You mentioned one of your horses, I believe. Oh, it was nothing. Nothing at all worth repeating. Well, I was just a little curious. One horse in the corral's been uh, ridden hard and not even rubbed down. Really? Just thought I'd mention that someone's been mighty careless of your stock. Oh, I didn't know. Thanks for telling me. Yeah, <clears throat> you ride much, Miss Molly? Me? Oh, I don't get the chance. You see, the horses get so little exercise, I let most anybody who happens to need a horse borrow one. Well, Miss Molly, with all the mysterious holdups and killings that are going on, it might be wise to be careful about who gets a hold of your horses. Yeah, it might be somebody traces stage robber's uh, horse to its home corral and figures the wrong way about. And it might also be that if some folks wouldn't get so interested in other people's business, there wouldn't be so many killings. Well, when a man's shot at, he naturally wants to get the fellow who tried to kill him. He'd show more sense if he'd leave us alone. I don't quite follow you, Miss Molly. I think it's clear enough. You're doing nothing but stirring up more hatred and revenge and death. Then you'd rather we just leave the whole thing alone. That's exactly how I feel. The sooner you learn that, the quicker we'll find peace around here. Before we continue with this exciting story, here is a word from your announcer. Now back to Hop Along Cassidy. 
Despite the fact that Molly Laird flared up and demanded that the matter of the killings not be pursued, Hoppy still intends to transact his business deal with her. He is arranging with Mr. Bowers, the banker, to buy the herd of horses that roam Molly's range. Well, that signature seals the bargain, Mr. Bowers. Not as high a price as Molly Laird might have gotten, nor as low either. If I was in Hoppy's boots, I wouldn't be buying at all. That's the way she talked to us. You can take the horses any time it's convenient, Mr. Cassidy. Now, I'm a busy man, so if you'll excuse me. Just a minute, Mr. Bowers. I'm a stranger in these parts. So I notice. Observing man, ain't you? California. <laughs> I was a little curious about that holdup I witnessed today. Were you? Yeah. Do you think this frock-coated masked road agent is a local man? How should I know? You might be interested. Seeing as how two citizens attend strike has been planted in Boot Hill, because of his playful use of their backs as targets. How do you know it was the parson who shot them in the back? Well, that's what Rance's brother said when he was dying. Well, bandit though he is, until that time he had a fair and square reputation, as road agents go. He was known as a man of courage. Seems like I'm attacking the reputation of a favorite son of Ten Strike, California. Mayhap this here hold-up man's a sort of local hero. Huh? Yeah. You two are strangers here, and I'll give you credit for not knowing that we like to take care of our own troubles. So I see. This here's the second person to get sore when you criticize this parson for Now, uh, is there anything else? I guess we can take a hint. Come on, California. Uh, bald, a saddle, bird, sunfish, and mean, cantankerous, rambunctious, honorary coyotes as I ever saddled up to. Why, I, I, he, uh, why, Hoppy, I'm so darn sore I'm speechless. <laughs> well, if you're speechless, California, I hope I never find you in a talkative mood. Why, that pigeon-toed rascal. Uh, say, did you notice how he laid his ears back when you mentioned that bandit? Yeah, he is pigeon-toed, isn't he? Oh, say, uh, here comes Rance Morgan, he's self. Well, must be feeling pretty good to be up and around. Oh, I was afraid I might not see you before you left him strike, Hoppy. Oh, I get a feeling we'll be around a short spell. Is that what got you up and around, Rance? Oh, actually, no. The stage superintendent wanted me to come to the office for an emergency. You want to take care of that arm. Well, thanks to you, I didn't lose much blood. And as long as I carry it in a sling, it doesn't hurt too much. Your emergency doesn't include another holdup, does it? Well, we're afraid of one. You see, there's an extra-large shipment of gold dust that has to go out tomorrow. A special run, no passengers. Oh, you ain't in no condition to ride express messenger. No, and we're short-handed. But I can drive the team. Even Brophy's supposed to have a day off tomorrow. Expect he's going to have an off day, too. Huh? I don't follow you. We'll explain that later. Were you going to suggest something? Uh, now, Hoppy, don't talk yourself into nothing. We get horses to drive back to the bar 20. Mm-hmm. We already had a shooting scrape, a fight, and got the banker mad at us. We already... Well, well, well... Yes, California? Uh, we're, we're interested. Dad, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Apollong, I told the superintendent about you being here, and... Well, he wondered if you two might do us the special favor of riding that gold shipment through. Uh, we do have a lot of work to do at the Bar 20, Rance. There's no denying that everybody knows about this gold. About $50,000 worth. I guess that's enough to tempt the parson. Yeah. And I'd like one more chance to be around when that parson is tempted, son. <laughs> Get on there, boys. 
Uh, Hoppy, uh, how do you figure if Miss Parson gets the drop on her? Well, if the road isn't blockaded, we'll try to find our way by him. Most of these fellows depend on surprise. We'll turn the tables. And if the road is blocked? Then I'll try to swing the stage around quickly to give us some protection. And Rance, if the Parson does jump us, leave things to California and me. Oh, sure, son. Uh, we're used to this sort of thing. Uh, don't bother us a bit. Why, we'll give him back shot for shot. It's the uh, Parson! Hoppy, do something! But you're going to help me. Get shot the gun out of his hand, Hoppy. Nice duck behind that bush. Maybe this will bring him out. <laughs> He's skedaddling. Get on off this stage quick. Let's get our horses. Uh, he'll get away. We can trail him, Rance. Well, I'm taking no chances. We'll bring him back. I want that killer dead. Dead with my bullets in him. Oh, God. You dropped him like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> Wish I'd put a few more in him just for good measure. We could have brought him back, Rance. We have the advantage. Whose side are you on, anyway, Hoppy? I thought you came out to help me get the parson. I came out to try to bring justice, Rance. Not to see vengeful lead pumped into a man. Well, he'd have hung anyway. What difference does it make? Just the difference between law and mob rule. Oh, I haven't time for this lecturing. I've got a gold shipment to think about. Well, I'll try to get through these bushes and take the parson's body back to Ten Strike. It ain't gonna be easy, Hoppy. He's out there in the thick of it. You ride along with Rance, California. I don't need anybody. Things are going to be safe around here now that I got the parson. Even if some folks don't think I should have. Get up there. I don't like to see you ride on alone, Rance. You tend to that dead skunk and I'll tend to my goal. Wish I could wait to see who he is, but I haven't time now. He's sure in a powerful hurry, Hoppy. Yeah, and he's pulling a lot of gold. Well, let's get this over with. You cinch Titan? Yep. Now, let's cut down through this gully. We're going to have to ride through that manzanita. Guess the parson's horse is plumb back to ten strike by now. Them bullets sure scared the poor critter. Can you see his body? Right through here, I think. Uh, What's that? I'm coming from down the road there. Where the stage is? Yeah, I knew there'd be trouble when I let that fool kid ride on alone. Come on. Son, there's $50,000 worth of gold missing. But I, I tell you, it was the parson. I killed him and and still he robbed me. Well, weren't you alerted against attack? Well, he was on me before I knew it. He took my gun. There, uh, There's something that looks uh, mighty like a gun uh, right here. Oh, this is another one I had in the stage. I shot at him as he was riding off. Then those were your shots we heard. I guess so. The parson didn't fire any. Most dead men don't. But you've got to believe me. He rode up here. The parson. I believe you, Rance. Uh-uh. Well, you Hoppy, see the footprints what... here? But that bandit's dead, Hoppy. Out in them bushes in the road. Dead. Nobody lives with that much lead in him. But he came back. I've got to finish the job I started, California. I've got to go back and get that body. Huh? Uh, well... I'm stark raving mad, I guess. Here you tell Ranch you believe his story about the parson holding him up. I do. Then you want to go out and get the body of the parson who's been dead all the time. Can't you do anything but ask questions? So long, California. See you back in town. Hoppy, you sure are the most unconcerned man I ever did see. Why should I be concerned, California? Why, uh, with the bandits being killed and bandits still running loose, and uh, you asked me to take a walk to the bank. <laughs> That's right. Just go into the bank and take a look. 
things the way I think they are, you know what to do. Sure, I know what to do, but that don't mean I like to do it. Uh, now, look here, Hoppy. What fur did you take that road agent's body up to Laird's barn? Why, it seemed a convenient place to take it, California. Convenient? Uh, would you mind telling me what you're aiming to do meanwhile? Oh, I thought I might drop into Lou Gribble's store here and get some beans. I forgot to buy them yesterday. Beans? Oh, sightseeing in a bank. And at a time like this, why, uh, you're the oddest fellow I ever did see. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Hopalong. What can I do for you? I came in to buy some beans, Mr. Gribble. Beans, eh? Say, you're quite the hero around town now you killed the bandits. I didn't kill anyone. Ranch shot the parson. The parson, eh? Uh, tell me now, who was he? Well, I think we ought to wait until the county sheriff arrives before we start announcing all the details. After all, there's another bandit loose, you know. So they say, so they say. You got any IDs? Only that I need about five pounds of beans before I start back to the bar 20. Oh, sure, sure. I almost forgot. I'll get them right away. Mighty fine weather we're having, isn't it? I've been noticing that. Hasn't rained for a week, has it? No, sir, it sure isn't. Take him up! The parson, the masked parson. No, no, Tibby. You're a ghost. I'll just relieve you of that 50,000 in gold, Lou Gribble. Brophy! No, no, they killed you. I saw you dead myself. It's my gold now. That gold? Give me that gold. If you're not dead, I'll make sure. I'll kill you. Get out, California. back to Hop Along Cassidy. Are you sure you're all right, Mr. Cassidy? I was terrified when I heard all the shooting. Sure, not a scratch. Oh, hey, golly, the lead sure did fly awful fast. If Hoppy hadn't been lightning fast in the draw, Gribble would have ventilated in my <laughs> You really did a convincing imitation of the Parson, California. You had poor Luke Gribble pop-eyed, thinking that hard-head Brophy had come back to life. Then all along there were two Parsons. Because Brophy was driving the stage when that holdup occurred last week. That's just why Brophy didn't want Rance to shoot the other parson. He was too good an alibi. Uh, I'm sort of confused. Uh, what about this here holdup today? It was Brophy's body out there in the bushes? Yeah, when I returned, I found it turned over and unmasked. There were footprints all around it, matching the footprints in the road by Rance's stagecoach. Oh, God. Even though uh, Lou Gribble was hightailing it with the gold, he couldn't resist stopping to see who the other parson was. But how did footprints tell you that the bandit was Gribble? They were pigeon-toed prints, Miss Molly. And there are very few pigeon-toed men. Only two in this town. Yep, Lou Gribble and the banker, Mr. Bowers. Hoppy figured that the one with the muddy boots would be the bandit. I took a look at the bankers, and they were shiny. So then I put on the parson's rig and came busting into Gribble's store. I wanted to scare Gribble into a confession. I didn't figure he'd start shooting at what he thought was a ghost. I felt like I was on my way to being a ghost for a minute there. <laughs> 
You know, Hoppy, I'm awful glad. And what have you got to be glad about? Well, if being pigeon-toed can get a fella like Gribble into such a heap of trouble, I'm mighty glad I'm (laughs) (laughs) people-toed. And so an exciting adventure ends for Hoppy in California. They'll get back to the Bar 20 just about roundup time and settle down to a peaceful ranch. All stories are based upon the characters created by Clarence E. Mulford. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, We will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.